Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When we have somebody that's very difficult, we just want to get out of there. Just get out of there. Let me encourage you this morning. God came through for Daniel. He came through for Joseph. He came through Esther. Stay where you're at until God releases you. Oh, Pastor, my God, I want to do that. I didn't say you should want to do that. You need to do that because your high authority says, I'm not done with you yet. Stay where you're at. God puts you there. Don't you dare leave until he releases you. Get it? Very biblical, sometimes very difficult. This is one of the more difficult things to see God's hand in, unpleasant work situations. Sure, there are many examples in the Bible of people in bad work circumstances or who were falsely imprisoned, but we aren't like those holy people. So this can't possibly apply to us. Pastor Mark is teaching that the principles we see in Scripture are for everyone, not just the other guy. It's important for us to realize how vital we are to the advancement of God's kingdom. Not because we're anyone special, but because we're the kind of people that God wants to use for His glory. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in 1 Peter chapter 2 with part 3 of his message, Christ followers represent God on earth. How many remember Daniel when the Israelites were taken away into captivity? Daniel and his three friends said they were getting ready to use him in leadership. And they said, you got to eat our food. And Daniel said, no, 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 we're we're Jews. We have to have kosher food. What you have is non-kosher food. And he didn't go start picketing because he'd been killed. He went with respect to the one that was over him and said, could you get a word? We will eat our food if they will allow us. And we'll show you that we'll be just as strong as eating your food. And they did it in a respectful way without causing chaos. And the leadership allowed them to do it. And God built them up and grew them. They honored God and obeyed God and still honored the authority of the king. That's the right way to do things. So don't be surprised when our faith is going to be attacked. Live so that no one can make an honest attack in us and just do good works. Leave the outcome to God. That's just the way it is. Now, I move to another area where you spend your life at more than you do at home. Where could that be? It's called the workplace. You spend more hours at the workplace than you do at home. Because at home, hopefully seven or eight hours, you're sleeping. Hopefully at work, you're not. Okay, see the difference? So we move from the workplace where most of us spend most of our time. Look at verse 18. Slaves, let me just stop there. 
How many are glad that slavery was outruled a few hundred years ago in the United States? Praise God. By the way, there's still slavery all over the world. Even with the young ladies, slavery, all kinds of stuff. Slavery is in the Bible. It was never approved by God. It was definitely against God. Always has been against God. But we finally got it right, at least one thing in the United States. So I don't use the word slave here. I use the word employee and employer. Okay? Employees, in reverent fear of God, submit yourself to your masters, which is your employer. Not only to those who are good and considerate. Now, you won't like the next part. But also to those who are harsh. God designed work. Before there was sin, God said to Adam and Eve, work the garden. Get the garden right. A lot of people think work came because of sin. No, it came before sin. It's a good thing for us. It's healthy for us. Over the years, we've all had good jobs and then some jobs that were mm, not so good. How many of you in your work years have had a boss or a supervisor That really wasn't fair, but was actually difficult and harsh. How many had one? What, everybody? What kind of things are going on here? Everybody. Now, some of you are even in that situation right now. It's very difficult. But notice what Peter just told us. Look at verse 18 again. In reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to that person that's not treating you right. Now, I'm not talking about ungodly or sexual harassment and all that kind of, just, just an angry boss or whatever, just somebody that doesn't care for you and whatever. Not only to those who do good, but also to those who are harsh. Now, look at verse 19. For it is commendable, ouch, if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. I love the verse in the New Living Translation. Look at it. For God is pleased with you when you do what you know is right and patiently endure unfair treatment. Here's what I want you to write this morning. This is hard. Under a good boss, not hard. Under people that mistreat you, supervisor, whatever, difficult. Here it is. People are watching. Be the best employee you can be. Pursue excellence. Well, why should I have to put up with difficult situations and difficult people? Because the Bible says one thing. And I want you to get this. Because many of you have never heard this perspective. The Bible says the steps of a godly man and woman are ordered by the Lord. There are many people in the Bible that God in the workplace, he put them in a workplace that was very difficult. Do you remember Joseph? Joseph was put in the Egyptian workplace. God put him there. The steps of a godly man ordered by the Lord. And the first thing that happens, he is accused of raping Potiphar's wife. And where does he go? Prison. Think about Daniel. When Daniel was there and he did all these good things, one day the king says, you'll pray to nobody but me. And the people that were jealous of Daniel and his skills would go by his house. And the window was open. And three times a day, he was praying to God. And they went right back to the king and said, "Uh, your favorite man, he's disobeying you. And think about Esther. Think about all the lies that people told about Esther. You see, here's what you need to understand this morning. 
To some of you, you're going to have to think about this because you've never thought of it this way before. Write this down, please. God puts Christ followers at a specific workplace so that you'll be salt and light. See, when we think about getting a job, and by the way, this goes also for a home where you're going to live, apartment, whatever. We just look at the benefits of the job. Does it fit me? How far from work? Whatever. Is there a chance for it to go up? And all those things are absolutely important. But bottom line to me, God will direct you to a place of work where you can provide for your family and do all of that. But he wants you there because you're going to be a witness. You're going to be an influential person for him. You're going to be light and salt where most of the employees around you don't know anything about God. Same for our neighborhood. God doesn't put you in a neighborhood just because you or your wife like the home and it's a great place. Nothing wrong with that. He loves all that stuff. But he's going to put you in a neighborhood where you might be the only Christian in the whole neighborhood and you can be salt and light. See, that's a whole different method. Pastor Mark, I should pray about my job before I go. Hello? Of course. Do you think God knows more about your job than you do? Of course. How about the neighborhood? When we moved to our neighborhood, I think there was one other family. Today, there's 17 homes that come to our campuses. Now, that's not just because of us, but that's the way it spreads. That's strange to some of you. It just doesn't even make sense to you. When we moved to Florida in 1969, I started immediately on August 18th, 1969. Got an open door supernatural. I don't have time to go to the whole thing. But I knew where he'd place me for a reason. And he placed me at Woodstock Hospital. I was the director of pharmacy. When I walked in from that day on, I was there. And I knew as I went that I wasn't there just to provide for my family. That enabled me to provide for my family, which I'm supposed to do biblically. But I knew God had another purpose. It wasn't long. I was there to be far from a perfect employee. But I knew I was there to be a good, moral, hardworking employee and boss. Because eventually I'd be over lots of people and lots of money and have lots of influence. Over those 25 years that I was at Wustoff, God enabled me to hold many Bible studies during lunch. Doctors would come, all kinds of people would come through the years. Numbers of times through those years, somebody would come to my secretary and she'd come in and she'd say, somebody just talked to me at the door. They want to meet with you. They have a question. They want to know wisdom. They know that you're different. And they just want to meet with you. Sometimes I didn't even know the people. Here they are in my door. And I got to sit down with them on my break. Uh, excuse me for a couple hours. I'm going to go witness, have a Bible study. You guys catch up on my word for you. No, that's not how you do it. You do it in an honorable way, right? And I got to witness to them and minister to them and help them. Numbers of people during those 25 years came to Christ. They'd walk into the office and I'd lead them to Christ. Do you know that some of those people still come to our churches today after all those years? Now, I'm not going to tell you who they are because they might say that I really wasn't that good of a boss. (laughs) I'm kidding. Okay. Now, I was never a perfect boss, but I strived to have a work ethic and respected people. I went through like five administrators and I stayed there. That wasn't my wisdom. That was God's. He kept me there all those years. See, you're in places 
that I'll never be able to even know any of the people. In your workplace, in your neighborhood, you live around people that I'll never influence. They will never walk into our campuses. But you're there to be light and salt and to represent God. Don't forget why you're there. Of course, he's going to provide for you. But we forget the whole reason we're in that area. Hopefully, you begin to think a different way about that. Here's the difficulty. This morning, some of you are in a difficult place. I just heard a great testimony this morning. I don't have time for it. But here's what happens. When we're in a difficult place and people are unfair or whatever, here's what I want to do. I just want to get out of there. Can't stand it anymore. I'm leaving. Again, I'm not talking sexual abuse. I'm not talking the boss says to you, you got to play with those figures. Just change them. No, no, no. You can't do that. You have to say to your boss, I'm sorry. That's not honest and I won't do it. Well, if you don't do it, you're going to get fired. Some of you have been fired. That's okay. God knows how to get a new job. Relax. But I'm talking, when it's not that kind of thing, moral issue or a lying going against God, when we have somebody that's very difficult, we just want to get out of there. Just get out of there. Let me encourage you this morning. God came through for Daniel. He came through for Joseph. He came through Esther. Stay where you're at until God releases you. Oh, Pastor, my God, I want to do that. I didn't say you should want to do that. You need to do that. Because your high authority says, I'm not done with you yet. Stay where you're at. God puts you there. Don't you dare leave until he releases you. Get it? Very biblical, sometimes very difficult. Let me show you how that looks. Ephesians 6. Employees, obey your earthly bosses with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would Christ. Try to please them all the time. Not just, here comes the boss, get ready. Why would they write that? Because it was the same back in those days. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. As servants of Christ, do the will of God with their heart. Now look at this, look at this. When you see all that, work with enthusiasm. Don't say on Monday, I can't wait till Friday. That's a great witness. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. You're working for the Lord. rather. Why should I do that? Because I am working for God. That's my ultimate authority. He put me there. I'm not just working for the company. I am. But I'm working for God first. That changes your outlook. Notice what he says. Because the Lord will reward each one of us for the Good we do, whether we're slaves being treated harshly or good. See, part of my reward will be, was I uh, an employee with ethics, morals, and enthusiastic to make God look good? Careful with your work. If people look at you and go, well, that person, they always dump the work on other people. They're late. They check out early, have somebody else clock out for them. You're not helping yourself. You're actually hindering the work of God. Be an excellent employee as you do it. Now, look at verse 20. Peter puts it right in our face. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating or are treated harshly for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, Aha, that's unexpected. This is commendable before God. To this you were called. Now watch. 
because Christ suffered for you, leaving you as an example that you should follow in his steps. So Peter introduces Jesus. Look, everything I'm telling you, Peter says, Jesus experienced. He did it right. He is an example to you. Now, here's what I want to write. You don't have to write it down, but I want you to think about this. Watch. People are watching. When we suffer unfair treatment, again, not sexual and all that kind of stuff, just harsh claiming that you did this and you didn't really do it. When we suffer unfair treatment, God will help us. The key word is endure. Just to stay there, right attitude, and make him look good. Because the other people in the office go, how did you do that and not just get up and walk out? Why didn't you rail that boss up downside the other? Well, I wanted to, but the Holy Spirit helped me. Remember, love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering. Is this hard stuff? This is very hard stuff. But anything God commands us to do, he enables us to do it. We'll not be perfect, but you want to strive to be like Jesus. Now, Peter had experienced this. Peter understood throughout the Bible, you have all kinds of people. Paul and Silas, beaten for getting a demon out of a woman, put in jail, beaten, put in stocks, and during the night, God caused an earthquake. The door opened to the jail, and the jailer woke up. Uh Uh-oh, I guarantee you my two prisoners are gone. Would you run right out the door if God opened? Hey, this is an opening from God. We're out of here. They stayed right in the prison. And when the jailer came, he said to them, I thought you'd be gone and I would be killed. And the next thing we know, because they endured and stayed, guess what happened? His whole family became believers. See, that's an action that you're not going to do on your own. If that jail thing's open, I've just been beaten all night, I'm out the door, baby. Paul said, no, we were put here for a reason. Let's see why. And he finished it right. Now, here's what I want you to write. When we are suffering, remember, Jesus is our model. He is our model. Now Peter talks a little bit about what Jesus went through. He, Jesus, committed no sin. No deceit was found in his mouth. He's a perfect example of endurance because he was sinless. He didn't deserve any of this. Verse 23. Now when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself To him, God, who judges justly. Remember, Jesus earlier, before going to be crucified, he said to God in the garden, God, is there some other way? I'm really struggling with this. Can there be some other way that people can get saved? And the father said, no. And so he submitted to the will of the father. And as you read verse 23, that's a challenge to us. Because of God's help, we want to fight back. We want to prove our point. We want to get even. Because Jesus could have done that in a heartbeat. Everything you're doing to me, totally wrong. All of it's a lie. But Jesus endured it because 
the Holy Spirit empowered him to do the will of God, which was to go to the cross, take our sins. It wasn't for him. It was for us. Verse 24, 1 Peter. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we, Christians, might die to sins and live for righteousness. Like we said, getting rid of those sinful kind of things that we started this service with. By his wounds, you're healed physically and spiritually. Verse 25, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have turned toward God. Before we were believers, we walked in the dark and we walked away from God. We were not interested in God. Our friends at work in our neighborhood, by and large today, are not interested in God. They want to do their own life. And they basically were like sheep going astray. They weren't wanting to come to the shepherd. They were going out on their own. Notice, but now you have turned toward the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. What is that? That's a person who is a sinner who became a believer. Every single one of us fit that if you're a believer today. You didn't come to God because you wanted to. You came to God because God came after you. He came after you and he said, I want you. My son died for you. It's time for you to quit doing your own thing and come back to me. I want to show you something. Jesus is not just our good role model. Jesus is our savior. He's, that's why you're going to heaven. It's not because we're good. We're going to heaven. Because Jesus is our savior. Jesus took our punishment. He did all of that. Didn't deserve any of it. Worse than we could ever imagine. Number two, he paid the price for our sin. What was the price of sin? If you are here and you never ask God to change you, to repent, to believe, you will die in your sins. And that seemingly means physically, but death spiritually means this. You will be separated from God forever. Well, I knew God was angry. No, God's love. You're the one. That refuse to repent. Number three. Jesus brings us back to God. See before there was sin. All of us would have been with God. We would have been in relationship. But the minute Adam and Eve sinned. That DNA went to every human. And they were separated from the holy God. But do you remember who came looking for them first? God. He came. Adam. Where are you? Adam wasn't lost. He wanted Adam to realize. Well I've run from God. Because I've sinned and done exactly what you told me not to do. I didn't recognize your authority. And I submitted to this Satan instead of myself. Next, he gives us a new life. I hope you enjoy your life. I don't know what the outcome's going to be. But we're just traveling through. If I had 100 years to right now, guaranteed. Except maybe teeny, teeny, teeny baby. We're all dead. Don't forget that. Mark, I don't think that's true. You're an idiot. (laughs) We're all dead. Amen? And you'll be in one of two places where God chose you to be in heaven or where you chose to be in hell forever. Pastor Mark touched on a topic today that can be uncomfortable for us to discuss. We tend to like to keep our work life separate from our spiritual one often because we don't display the godly example at work that we know we should. We were reminded that as we obey Jesus' pattern of behavior, our critics will have less ammunition to fire at us. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This brings us to the end of the sermon, Christ followers represent God on the earth. Maybe we don't like the responsibility that is implied by what Pastor Mark taught. The problem is that we don't have a choice if we're going to follow Jesus. We need to care more about pointing others to Christ. One way is to show them that there's an alternate way to live life. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.